This is the beer. Welcome to Beer and This Week Bikes. Um, beer and is a podcast where we cover a style of beer each episode, accompanied by a topic of our choice, um, which could range from anything to everything. Um, it's basically an excuse for us to talk about beer while we catch up, but we should note this is definitely not a beer discussion by beer experts. Uh, my name is Adrian, and joining me as always is Eric, who is going to provide us this week's theme song. <laughs> and there it is. Lovely. Um, Eric, on this week's episode, what are we covering? Um, I think we're going to cover um, uh, uh, beer, uh, stout. We're going to do a stout review, and... Um, bikes we want to talk about bikes as well mm. i don't know how often we need to cover this but uh i live in melbourne eric lives in singapore so we often don't have access to the same beers in fact we rarely would and that's kind of why we wanted to do a podcast like this as well it's just to talk about different beers that we've come across and different beers that we've had in the past this week eric what have you got i've brought um i was actually just at the local um bottle or the beer shop and I got myself a or got recommended by the the guy to pick up a, a Founders KBS. Oh. I think it's a um, Imperial Stout. Damn. Um, you can be drunk. I actually don't know where it's from. Have you had this before? No, no, no. I'll, I'll just describe it. It's a, it's a, it says KBS is a big Imperial Stout brewed with a massive amount of coffee and chocolate and then bourbon barrel age to perfection incredibly silky and full-bodied with notes of vanilla cocoa roasted coffee and charred oak thanks shit man you know what i, I didn't realize I... what's <laughs> yeah the it sounds like it but what i didn't realize age it's 12 percent <laughs> that's a big bottle <laughs> <laughs> yeah holy shit i didn't i thought i was like no wonder no wonder it cost me about 30 bucks i was gonna say how much did you pay for that <laughs> yeah Shit, man. Um, I got tricked anyway. This mm. was meant to be a quiet Sunday afternoon. It might end up getting a bit <laughs> shit, a bit rowdy. I think I got to go to the um, the in-laws for dinner later. I don't know how I'm going to yeah, perform. Twelve percent. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just actually not... see how you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's me. Anyway, this is from uh, yeah, where's Grand it Rapids? I think it's from Minnesota. Mi Mi's Minnesota, right? I don't know. Oh. Yeah, what what have Michigan? you brought first? I I think what did I bring last time? No, it wasn't that local, but this time I brought a a moon dog, locally brewed in Preston, wired to the moose, imperial pastry stout with coffee, cacao, and toasted almond. Ooh. Maybe we should make this a thing. Read the can. Oh, actually, that's all. Contains lactose, eight point two percent. Well, still still quite a heavy beer. I I think a lot of stout uh, stouts will be. Yeah, I think that's just the nature imperial, of the beer. Imperial stouts, right? Hmm. Three, two, one. Cheers. Yeah, let me crack mine open too. I've got a very satisfying can today. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Have you got the hiss? Oh no. I'll start with half a bottle. And yeah, yeah. See, see how you go. See if I finish the rest. Um. Look, mine will get me going pretty well too. It is. 2.9 standard drinks, Australian. You try yours. Mm. Tell me what you think. Well, Thank I was going to start. I was. Oh yeah, cheers. I was going to start with beer facts. Did you want to go stout? Stout facts. Oh, you want to hear me up? Hit me up with a few. Did you knows? I. I so I think I'm this is quite. the part of the um, <laughs> podcast where we'll say uh, we're learning with you. <laughs> I've drank a lot of stout, and I do enjoy stout, and <laughs> I know <laughs> the style of beer and what I like about it, but. Um, the history of the beer, I'm probably a lot more hazy on. So I've typed in stout facts. Oh, no, stout history, and this is what I got. Okay. From australianhomebrewing.com.au, stout is derived from the English porter beer, which is actually the beer we were supposed to cover today, but I realized I didn't have any in the fridge. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was um, just frantically trying to find one for this uh, podcast. I'll get which one I managed to find, another. but then you, 
<laughs> messaged me telling me, oh, no, I actually don't have one in the fridge. I was like, oh, great, age. Oh, great, thanks. <laughs> Originating in London in the 1720s and popular among the working class, by the 18th century, the porter was the beverage of choice amongst dockside and street porters and thirsty London workers. Early London porters were commonly strong beers around 6.5% in alcohol to maintain the freshness and integrity of the beer over the long periods. Porters were brewed by dozens of breweries producing different styles and characteristics. One of these brews was a strong, dark, roasty beer named Single Stout. This appears to be one of the earliest examples when the word stout was used to describe beer. So it's an evolution of porters, which uses the really dark roasted grains um, to give it its characteristic dark black tone. Okay, thanks. Thanks for sharing, H. No worries. That's quite interesting. So oh. it's um, evolution of porters. Hmm. All right, let's have a taste, now. Huh? I'm tipping yours is going to be really, really um, caramelly. Yours? Hmm? No, mine's not. I thought yours might be like really sticky. <laughs> yeah, mine's um. Oh, this is this is a very strong. This is like a strong espresso, but like you've got almost um, how many meals? I don't know. 355 mils of this Mm. I'm going to die Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to struggle later Shit, it's very good age It's very very good Well I've had mine before so I know I actually like Mine But yeah, you're you're a fan of yours Yeah yeah Super I don't know Founders as a brewery It is a bit smoky It is a bit smoky It goes down, you do feel it down your Your trachea Oh, yeah, it's strong, man. It's like a strong dark. Oh, yeah, Michigan. I was right. Uh, oh, it's Michigan, not Minnesota. Hmm. Yeah, smart boy. Well, um, I didn't think I was. Yeah, Founders. Um, I like. I've seen that label before, but I haven't seen that beer. Barrel aged yeah. are usually pretty potent. I love them, but I can't do a full beer. <laughs> so good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, uh, man. It's like deadly stuff. Is, I, it, is it common for stouts to be barrel-aged? Is it uh, very... I think barrel-aged beers are often stouts, but I don't know if I would say stouts are often barrel-aged. I quite like barrel-aged beers in general, but they're always just so strong. So I have a beer friend, shout out to Cam, um, who I would mm. invite around to open beers like that to drink with because I like trying them, but I don't really want to drink a whole one. Would you go, like, with a stout, would you always... Would you always have it as your last drink of the night or depending on your evening, would you just have, say you weren't going to have multiple beers, you just have the one with dinner or do you, is it something that you, you, you see as an aperitif? Um, I don't really have a, a typical order of things because I guess you pr- should probably start light and go heavy in the end. Like if I see a porter or a, or a stout, that's particularly strong mm. and looks and sounds particularly nice. I'll mm-hmm. be tempted to get it pretty early just because it's so strong and I don't want to get it late because I might get a bit too drunk and not want to try anything else. Yeah. Or at least I might, if I'm that boozed up before I try it, then I'll get too boozed afterwards. No, because I, I went out for I went out for drinks um, after work on, on Friday and it was actually a, a mandate. It was actually... A, a good friend of mine in, in Singapore, he actually got onto Bumble BFF. So it's a it's a way to it's a way to meet other I guess guys, you know. I guess he, he just wants yeah. a, a beer drinking buddy. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got onto Bumble BFF. And um he, he hasn't had much luck recently. Is it associated Bumble. with Bumble of the traditional Yes dating yeah. app? All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go on the regular BFF and hmm. uh, I've never been on, but I've always been curious and I've always wanted to check it out. But um, anyway, um, it, 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 apparently it's a good way to, to make new new mates. And um, he, he we, we met this guy probably for the first time two weeks ago. He's a, quite a nice guy, very interesting fella. His um, dad was a pilot, so he's lived in Australia, Kenya, um, Singapore. He actually studied here and now he's um, working here. So we caught up with him at this um, craft beer place, and one of the beers on the menu was a uh, an, another American um, brewing company called Lo- is it Lost Coast? I think Lost Coast. 
and they do a, a peanut butter stout. Ah. Oh. Yeah, and they're... No, I'm thinking of a different one, but I've, there's one in Melbourne that does a peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter, ooh, that sounds awesome. Um, but yeah, this peanut butter stat was only 5.6%. So the only reason I asked is because I started with that. I had it in the middle and I had it to finish off. So I had like three of them and in between had a couple of uh, lighter beers. But mm. I just wanted to get your thoughts with it. Like, is it something you start with or can you do it as a session beer? <sighs> no, and you I can't do it like, as a session beer. Like, well, yeah. I mean, I sorry, you right. probably could, but I just can't. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I definitely just... <laughs> I like to try them because they sound really weird. Yeah, I I just can't drink a whole one, so I have to I have to have a friend, <laughs> um, and that way I can try more without getting quite as drunk. They tend to be quite heavier. They tend to be in terms of not just taste wise, but alcohol content always is a bit like oh yeah shit. yeah. Be careful here. But anyway, that's um, something you should look out for. I think it's called the Lost Coast. Yeah, I wonder what my one was. Um... Oh, I'm thinking of Bad Shepherd. Ooh, actually, they're quite good too. Oh, they got an eight ball stout too. What's Bad the one you're thinking of? Bad, uh, Shepherd. Bad Shepherd, yeah. Oh, Bad Shepherd, peanut butter porter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was peanut butter jelly. Maybe I made that up. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking, you watch too much Family Guy. Peanut butter <laughs> jelly time, peanut butter jelly time. All right, that's oh, a blast for the past. <laughs> age, I think that should be our next review, huh? Peanut butter porter. To... It's really good. Yeah. You go the Good Shepherd, and I will grab the Heretic. There's a chocolate hazelnut that I've been meaning to try as well. Mm. I can do that as our next one. <laughs> We've barely even talked about this week's one. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> what are, like, okay, what are some obvious tasting notes with your beer? Uh, or with a stout in general? Like, stout in general, coffee, chocolate, roasty would be a very general generic description of a stout and it always has like a smoky well for me anyway it always feels like there's a smoky finish but that's probably just think that's... the imperial ones and maybe the regular stouts not so much maybe Would i mean it is a dark roasted so they roast the the grains more so maybe you'd get a, a bit of smoke naturally from that but to smoke a beer would be a more intentional flavor i guess um, mm, but there's mm, probably, mm. no, you're probably right. There probably is an element of smoke to a beer, to a porter. Oh, a stout. <laughs> uh, oh, and a porter, I guess. Yeah. But stouts would generally be richer, more alcoholic than a porter. Um, so I think they're pretty similar in flavor profiles, but the mm. stouts are stronger in, um, alcohol comparatively. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the, and the thing with, you know, like, um, when we talk about coffee notes now, you know, when you have a. A cup of coffee you may do one or two and then by your second one you can feel a little bit uh a little bit queasy uh, yeah yeah, i guess but like i think with with stouts do you think that that coffee effect that 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 sort of like i guess both alcohol and coffee are diuretics so Mm. they do cause you to be dehydrated which sometimes Mm. can make you feel a little bit queasy do you feel that with stouts or you think no like pure coffee itself is much is much more dehydrating Mm. Although alcohol is probably just yeah, as bad. Yeah, yeah. I think um, effects, now that you mentioned it though, I probably get a very similar head reaction in terms of like feeling dry and headachey when I have too much beer, uh, too much stout or too much coffee. <laughs> have you been to Boat Rocker? No, I think I've seen the movie though. <laughs> oh, movie oh, that's the boat that rocked. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> is that? <laughs> um <laughs> Boat Rocker do a lot of barrel-aged beers, and Ooh. they often win, like, Good Beer Week, or at least they did when I was going to them. And I find, like, God, you have, like, a 150ml sample of them. And I remember this one time I went to the brewery, and I had two because they were so good. But far out, I felt so sick afterwards. And not even drunk, just, like, just a dry headache instantly. I was coming back with a few mates from the brewery, and we were, they were catching up at my local um <laughs> and i was like nah i just need to go home <laughs> uh, i need wow. to sleep this off um and again i wasn't even drunk it was just i felt so sick it was such a rich beer damn tasty but yeah just awful feeling afterwards i just find that feeling i get most of the time i have like a barrel aged stout mm. and so that's why i t- 
typically share them <laughs> with people. And it's would just, that be in yeah. contrast to like a, a a regular lighter beer whereby you might feel a little bit more bloated if you have mm. quite a few whilst a stout, I guess you'll never get to the stage where you're having, you know, a few a few stouts, right? That's why you you probably won't ever feel as bloated with a stout, but you do get that that dry headache that you're you're describing. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. A lot quicker. That's probably fair because I think I would only have like one of a certain and then have something else and then maybe get another stout of something else. But like I wouldn't spend an entire night drinking stout. And and this is the thing though, Asia, I find it um, impressive whereby uh, the, the the group of people that are maybe a little bit older than us or have grown up with Guinness or they can they can drink that all night and it's like a session a session yeah. kind of choice of drink for them and they just mm. they just drink it all night i'm like huh how do you do that it's not yeah. maybe it's our age group i don't know but like it's just something that is within that generation it's like yeah it's it's much more popular right and it's just like mm. yeah i can do this i can do a few of these and it's fine but maybe not so much in australia maybe more so in europe and in the uk but maybe not so much in australia where we're we're spot for choice for for i guess lighter beers or yeah and i think beers, yeah. for the majority of the country at least like it i don't know I, I i like to drink porter's stouts in winter and at least in melbourne it gets cold enough to to feel like <laughs> that's a good choice naturally when the weather's warm you kind of mm-hmm. want to drink a light refreshing beer and stout mm-hmm. is not that so yeah, i think that's got a bit to 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 go with it it's quite interesting when you talk about like regionally ac- across the country to mm. age whereby you know if you're if you're in queensland or you're queensland brewer you should be doing a more tropical sort of like pale ale where down down south if you're in tassie or, or melbourne like yeah where maybe we should be specializing more in, mm. in 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 these stouts right it's like it's nicer in the in the cooler weather as well it's nice to have one in, when it's a bit colder in in winter but yeah mm. quite, quite interesting as well yeah yeah because like cascade does a really nice stout cooper's do a really nice stout if you want just oh, like yeah, a really straightforward, clean stout. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a good point. I always associate stout with a cold weather beer, which is maybe appropriate given it is getting colder here in Melbourne. I don't know what the weather's like in Singapore. Always 30 and humid, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to um, oh. turn the aircon on to get cold enough to <laughs> to yeah, drink yeah. a stout. <laughs> that's it. I've got an aircon right. I've got the aircon right on right now in my room. Yeah, mm. pretty bad. Um, anyway, moving on. Do we do we need to talk about my beer? <laughs> yes, please. Again, Moondog Wired to the Moose is the beer. Tell me more. Oh shit! It's not Moondog at all. My apologies to Tallboy and Moose. Tallboy and Moose. Mm. Moose um, is in um a, a, yeah, a deer, a male. That's fine. Okay. Um, and the beer is Wired to the Moose. So yeah, it's their imperial pastry stout. I think it's a sit. Yummy. I really like Tallboy Moose. They um they don't have a very large core range that they continuously brew. So they they just constantly have new beers mm. that like seasonally that they release. So whenever you go back there, there's something new, something good. And yeah, it's odd. They actually released that one over summer. But yeah, it's really good. It's um it's very rich in yeah, coffee and and chocolate tasting. I was trying to find out like what makes it a pastry stout. And apparently according to the internet, there's no formal definition, but a pastry beer is basically a stout hit with pastry like things such as cacao, lactose, cinnamon, or coconut. Um, and this beer does contain lactose. So it just gives it like a really creamy mouthfeel. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's just, creamy it just really, feel. yeah, mm, it's like a chocolate milkshake. Though. And not even not crunchy. <laughs> Are you quoting Coco Pops? <laughs> well, I had to legally define myself <laughs> from okay, separate myself okay. from Coco Pops. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, we should not. Yeah, we okay. We're not lawyered up, so mm-hmm. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know. I bought a four pack after I had a, a pot of it at the brewery with um, my beer friend Cam. I think this is the last one I have, so it's actually kind of sad. Oh no. Um, yeah, because like they they're just probably don't, not going to make it again. Right? They just hey, don't make it again. It's quite, quite seasonal. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've. I don't think I've ever seen them make a repeat. 
of like not their besides their core range, which is only like three or four beers. I don't know. Maybe I should actually look that up. But it's yeah, they don't do too many that they regularly brew. So yeah, unfortunately, when you find something you really like, they probably won't stock it again. <laughs> but that's kind of yeah, why yeah. I like them because it's like they're they're off, they're constantly trying new things and yeah, doing some weird stuff that's really good. So that's pretty cool, man. Um, I have to I have to check them out. I have to check them out when I'm back in Melbourne. Yeah, I'll take it. Hopefully, next March maybe we'll see. Hmm. Next March. That's like a year oh, away. Sounds... Huh? I'll have to come to Singapore. Oh, sh- it's all it's almost May, bro. <laughs> it's almost it's almost May Day. Yeah, yeah. May Day, May Day. Well, we should probably before we move on from Stout, we usually ask ourselves. <laughs> Any any particular connections to the to stats in general for you, or any um, memories of the first time you tried it? Well, good question, H. Um, I, I thought you were going to prepare this question, but I totally f- forgot to think in advance <laughs> about connection between stout and prior experiences. I'm just trying to think. I'll let you go first. Have mm. you got any? The first time I remember trying stouts. It was probably when I was like 23 or 24 trying like Guinness because it's such a well-known brand and beer. Mm. In Australia, we get it in cans. And I wonder if that's the same elsewhere, but it's got that little like ball bearing thing in it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, not in Singapore, but I know what you're talking about because I've, I've had that before. Um, But I think it's like to a widget. It's called a widget. <laughs> Is a hollow spherical piece of plastic with a tiny hole in it. It's like an app, a widget. App. <laughs> a widget, yeah, yeah. It looks like a beer pong, a beer pong, <laughs> a ping pong ball. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my experience with ping pong balls is more beer pong. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, sorry. Oh, nothing. Just <laughs> Carry on. Ping okay. Pong. During the canning Carry process, pong, brewers add pressurized nitrogen to the brew, which trickles into the hole along with a little of the beer. The entire can is then pressurized. And I think it helps replicate that nitro process where it like, mm. instead of like being sort of more carbonated, the nitro is very like creamy. So then the bubbles the are more much smaller. Creamy head. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. Creamy head. yeah. The bubbles are much smaller. So, my my first yeah, impressions of stout weren't good because it was from a can and it was Guinness. <laughs> I remember really liking Guinness in Ireland in the brewery, but I just haven't enjoyed it elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Is that the whole, like, you're in the country of where it's sourced? So yeah. And you're like, oh, it's maybe a placebo thing. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah This is great. Maybe by the time I tried it again, I had a better appreciation for beer anyway. I should try it again in Australia. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Hmm. I think you should. I think you give it give it another go, man. Give it a, mm. another chance. But that um, was my first kind of connection or first time I tried it. But that was, yeah, when I was like 23, I'm going to say, just out of uni. I think my experience is quite similar. I think I think my first real encounter or maybe appreciation was when, when we both went to the UK in 2016. Mm. And... Um, my cousin Dat, shout out to Dat, who's now in Dubai. Oh, really? With his lovely wife. Um, yeah, he he introduced me to nitro stouts. Actually, mm. he said it was one of his favorites. So he took us to the local down in um, I think it was Dalston. Yeah, so up on the high street in Dalston. Mm. I forgot the name of the pub. It was probably something like the Fox and something, or the Hound <laughs> and the Fox, or something Fox like and that. The hound. Something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he introduced me to um a nitro stout and. I guess like um, whenever you're looking at a, a cold beer, I guess the, the 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 nitro or the gas of the is it the nitrous oxide? I don't know what mm. it is, but it makes that stout much colder than say a regular stout served at um its its regular temperature. But that, I could be wrong. There is that. I don't think I that's, that's what it. That, I don't think the nitro has anything to do with the temperature. <laughs> but I guess that was um. My association was stout, and that's when I first got into it. And I, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Maybe mm. because I was in London, new, new country. It was cold. Seeing my cousin again. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that was that was a lot of fun. That was um, mm. that's my first memory. Yeah, on on the high street. What was it? 
I remember joining oh, yeah. you and Dad. That, that was good fun, yeah. On High I Street one time. And by the time I got there, you were already like fully cooked. Really? I don't remember this. You joined well, us obviously. one time? No, because I, I met you guys at some um, burger place and you were all sitting out the back. And then we went to get another beer up the street and you just fell asleep in the, <laughs> in the bar. <laughs> You oh, were, man, that's embarrassing. You were cooked. And, and Dat, Dat and Mary were okay? They were both fine? Yeah, I think so. They yeah, were gone. Because like, we, were, we were just going to get like a beer afterwards and do something else. And then <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you probably just need to go home. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, that was cool. She had to remember. That's, that's pretty bad. Huh? Not, not um, the first time you'd fallen asleep after or in a bar after drinking. <laughs> <laughs> the only time was um what italy you took i was gonna say it, yeah. Photos of me, yeah italy was quite funny in uh, bologna oh that was in bologna yeah when mm. um when austin and and, and chingas came to visit us oh yeah, yeah. Wait, it was her birthday that was my birthday was birthday right was it... it was your birthday oh, sorry dude. sorry 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 <laughs> shit that's how bad my 30th <laughs> Your thirtieth, and we had limoncello. We had complimentary mm. limoncello. We had more and than we needed. So we're not mm. condoning drinking too much. No. We're just saying, like, yeah, it happens sometimes. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I typed in stout yeah. quiz in Google, and this was basically the first website that looked like it had a quiz. Um, so it's from cupidonia.com. Great love for knowledge is the subtitle of the website. Free online printable quiz with multiple choice questions um, without registration, which is key here. <laughs> There's five questions. Oh, correct. There's 10. We, we can do these together, but some of them are kind of ridiculous. What is stout? Okay, so stout from... <laughs> but, sorry, from... there is multiple choice. Oh, okay. Go on. <laughs> um, what is stout? A non-alcoholic beer, a dark beer, a light wheat white beer. Easy. 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 Lock, lock in B, thanks, H. I would dark say beer. it's a dark beer. So I think these questions are of varying degrees of difficulty and relevance. What is the most common variation of stout? Red stout, dry stout, light blue stout. Honestly, that one's a little confusing. I'm just going to say dry stout. I don't know why. Well, I'm going to say red stout because Kilkenny, right? That's a variation. I thought that was a red ale. Yeah, a variation. Oh, I didn't know. Is, is that the right answer? I have no idea. I've got to hit submit at the end. All right, submit. Which one is the world's best-selling stout? Queen's Boss Guinness. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> C, thanks. And now were you listening earlier? When was the name Porter used for the first time to describe a dark brown beer? 1935, 1921, 1930? It's very early on. I want to say 1921, I'm going to guess, so it's Czech Republic, Germany, or England. I think England, right? England, you t that's from what you were telling me before. England, right? When was Porter beer developed? Oh, 1720, 1680, I was listening to you before. You said the 1700s. So I said 1720, but that was in reference to Stout. I'm still going to say that. When did Porter beer gain its customary black? color 18th century 17th century 19th century so i think 18th century would be the 1700s right correct so shall you we go one more than whatever century it is yeah. yes correct who was writing about stouts and porters in the 1970s <laughs> william fogg james ellsworth michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> sounds like william fogg for some reason <laughs> okay i've no idea who that is which beer was given to nursing mothers? Blue stout, milk stout, hard stout. I'm going to go milk, right? I'm going to go milk. milk. Mm. Which beer has a high alcohol content, content even over 
Milk, Baltic, or Hunter Stouts? Oh. I feel like maybe Baltic. That sounds yeah. familiar to me. Um, yeah, Miss Locking Baltic. Shall we see the right answers? Let's do it. Loading. Okay. What is Stout? <laughs> A dark beer. We got that right. Um, which is the most common variation of Stout? Sorry, Eric. It is Dry Stout. Told ya. Yeah. Okay. Guinness is the world's best-selling. Um, 19, oh, sorry, 1721 was the name in which Porter was first used to describe the dark brown yes. beer. We got um, it. Where was Porter developed? England. Got it. Yes. Porter beer developed in, nine, in 1720. We got that. Oh, when, oh, did Porter, when did Porter beer gain its customary black color? It wasn't until the 19th century. Oh. Oh, come on. Who was writing about stouts and porters in the 1970s? Michael Jackson, apparently. Really? Mm. Oh, yeah, doesn't matter if you're black or white. In the 1970s? Wait, 1970s? How it young was he? It can't be the same guy. It's a different Michael Jackson. Which beer was it's, given um... to nursing mothers? Milk stout. And Baltic <laughs> Porter is the high alcohol content. Wow, I think we got more than 50%. One, two... Three, four, five, six, seven. Seventy percent. Oh, oh, nice age. I enjoyed that. Can we hmm. can we bring that on our next podcast? That was, that was quite good. It I depends enjoyed. what comes up on the internet. <laughs> yeah, was, oh, thank goodness for the internet. Wow. Yeah. All right, we should move on to our... I more about stout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we should move on to our and topic. And bikes. Uh, yeah, bikes. Huh? We sh- we struggled to find an and topic today, maybe because it was a bit um, last minute. <laughs> last minute today. That's all right. So I've got a few questions and structured conversation. <laughs> the best kind of conversation, right? Please, please do. Please um, this. Your history with bikes, Eric. You've had a bit more than me, but maybe mine's not as empty as yours. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a keen cyclist. And have been yes. for many years. Yes. Whereas I've recently been a keen cyclist in the last seven. Yeah, I guess I've always enjoyed riding riding a bicycle. Um, around town? Around town, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I remember growing up, um, I guess my early early teens um having to go to to soccer and that it was always very hard getting to training sessions so i used to always ride my bike to to training sessions mm. and all the all the older boys would just laugh at me he's like wow that wow this this kid's insane he's, he's bloody riding his bike everywhere he's riding to training sessions mm. um and then i'd train and then i'd ride home as well how were you riding like, um i would say i think it was always about a 40 minute bike ride from Jeez, home that's to decent. training yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was always a, it was quite a decent bike on the ride. road. Um, no footpath. Hmm. I didn't dare to ride on the road back then. But yeah, I was yeah, footpath. yeah. So was, when I was about fourteen, uh, I did that. Was uh, that I rode a couple of times. Yes. So I would always ride to um, uh, Box Hill to um, to Waverley area, which was oh, um, how would I describe the Waverley area? It was towards like Mount Waverley. Box Hill to Mount Waverley, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know how far that is now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have to look fair. it up on Google. But I did that for training sessions. So um, 17, 18, I did that more frequently. And then when we moved to the UK age, I think, I don't know, I romanticize riding a, a single speed in the UK for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. Oh, um, so you really rode a single speed know. when you got to the UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So I, I, rode, I rode to literally work every day. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Rain, rain, hail. hail no, yeah. like seriously, I've heard. I don't know if I told you, but I just just the ride when it was um, is sleet a precipitation? Mm. I think I rode through sleet as well. Yeah, and, dangerous. And snow. Yeah, it was quite it was quite dangerous. But um, mm. I didn't live too far from where we, from the clinics that I worked at. So um, I ride to work um, at the moment in Melbourne, and it's not uncommon for me to get wet. Did you bring? A change of clothes or a change of shoes or did you have like um i was no i never really it was quite bad i used to i used to have wet socks and, and shoes when i was 
That's like my. It was pretty gross. One of my pet peeves, discomforts is like wet feet. I can't stand it. So I leave a pair of shoes at work that are my work shoes, and then I pack a pair of socks in my bag so that if I get wet <laughs> on the way, I can at least change yep. into dry socks and shoes. That's smart, man. That's a that's mm. a good life hack for anyone who oh, wants yeah. to ride a bike. Always I leave a pair of shoes at work. Always leave a pair of fresh socks at work. I think that's that's like that's yeah. very clever. I was just uh, I was a bit grubby then. I'm still a bit grubby now. Nothing's <laughs> really changed, but um, mm. um, but yeah, man. Like I just love the fact that you had freedom to get through mm. traffic. You would save a lot on um, public transport yeah. in England, which could cost your arm and a leg if you're mm. paying for like a yearly pass. I'm sure it's the same in Melbourne. Oh yeah, that's why I bought um, a bike here. You, oh, that's what, oh. Well, actually, it's not why I bought a bike, but it's one of the reasons. One of the mm. reasons, right? Yeah, like I'm spending $150 a month on public transport. It's crazy. Um, It's absolutely crazy. You Um, think about how much you save per year. But, yeah, I'm I'm sure you can attest to this, but, like, it's just so much more convenient. Yeah. Um, The good thing about Melbourne now, there's a a lot of the um, creek trails now that link. Mm. um, Yeah, I mean, I ride along the the bike most of the way. Yeah. Mm. Is it the same in Singapore? Singapore's um we've got park connectors now, so they're they're What's building a lot more park connectors. But where I'm working, where I live, I still need to go onto the roads. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, and I think me going to the roads, like I don't think the culture of um cycling here in Singapore is the same. A lot of people still drive their cars, but it is changing. You can see a lot of um uncles and aunties <laughs> that have a bit of money, they're all buying Bromptons now. They've oh, all right. got the foldable bikes, mm-hmm. they're spending in, in Singapore as well, like the import costs are a lot more so they're, they're spending up to three grand a bike at least if you're not including oh, yeah. the accessories and modifications they're spending like you know 3k for a foldable brompton yeah um and I mean, it's really taken off in singapore bromptons are expensive even in australia oh, yeah generally very yeah. very expensive but for some reason singapore has just really taken off um, mm. i guess it's the the fact that you can bring them onto public transport as well that is a real draw yeah. card for bromptons but do- um like, is there a culture of, like, riding bikes on the road? Or are you the anomaly? I would say it's quite common for weekend cyclists to ride on the roads. Hmm. Um, locals like and commuters expats. to work. But commuters, maybe not so. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I commute a lot on the road um, on hmm. Monday to Friday. But um, Definitely there are bike riders on the weekend like crazy. There are park Mm. connector tracks and and designated bike lanes that people just sort of like (laughs) hog. Um, But but definitely um, expats and locals definitely on the weekends, they would, um, like real avid um, road cyclists, they would really take up the roads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not very hilly in Singapore as well. So like Mm. you can see it's appeal for having a bike. But the uptake for commuting is actually quite low. Mm. Um, there was a story on, on one of the local newspapers, the national newspaper, I think, CNA. They were just saying, like, why is the uptake of commuters not so high compared to, like, say, other countries? Mm. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the weather. I, I think that's too one hot. reason. <laughs> yeah, it's maybe too hot. Yeah. But, you know, bear in mind, you are going to work pretty early. It is a bit cooler in the morning. Yeah. But, but yeah, then, like, there's something about the... Is there infrastructure? Yeah, is there bike lanes? Is there, like, protected certain, space? Certain po- yeah, certain pockets mm. there are bike lanes that can lead people to work. There are, but the, it just depends where you live, Age. It yeah, definitely okay. depends where you live. But I mean, I like, guess that's unlike, kind of like Melbourne. Yes, I, I would agree. It depends. Like, you know, it's easy for you. Like, you're in Preston, right, Age? Mm. So you work in the CBD like you've got a you do you do have a, a bicycle path that goes directly from where you live to to CBD, right? Yeah, most of the way. It's not the entire way, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's not a dedicated bike path, then you've at least got mm. a bike lane on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, true, true. Which still has its disadvantages of people opening doors into your bike lane, but for the majority, like it is a lot safer. You've got a dedicated space on the road yourself um on a bike but it's funny because like i grew up at like far east well i say far east in Lillardale. it's like an hour out of the city and there's just not a culture of riding bikes and because like 
generally the distances between people people's homes and where they work is too far to ride a bike anyway um absolutely and so like people aren't commuting and the only thing they're doing is like weekend rides i remember growing up and there was like a definite mentality of like us versus them (laughs) on the road like it it very much felt there was a divide between motorists and cyclists and and like there just wasn't a, a mindset to coexist it's still a case now age that mentality is still there <sighs> no no that it, mentality people definitely that have not ridden if people that haven't ridden a bike before they're yeah. still very much us versus them and you need to almost be you need to have driven a car and also ride a bike yeah, sort of consistently to actually understand appreciate it yeah yeah appreciate but it but i think the other thing is like i kind of get it out in Lilydale in that the roads that we have are well out east in general are very narrow and they don't have dedicated space for cyclists and so it is difficult to overtake a cyclist and that's why people get quite annoyed because there's no way around but in reality like to get around a cyclist you're not really losing any time and you're not really gonna turn up late because you've been stuck behind a cyclist but it's just that in the moment it's annoying and that's why people get quite frustrated but where i am in this sort of inner north there's bike lanes everywhere and so it's 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 easy to ride and it's easy to drive next to a cyclist because there's space for it but the roads just haven't been designed that way Mm. at east so like it's just very different yeah practically on the road for for cyclists in the north compared to way at east so i think that's got a lot to contribute Mm. to it and i really don't think they'll change out east because there's just greater distances between housing and work yeah that's a that's a very good point like i i think like even you know with like um railway uh level crossing removals right mm. i think they are they're thinking more and more a lot of architects and a lot of the planners now they're thinking more and more about how can we incorporate this into a shared footpath whereby mm. cyclists Definitely. pedestrians can coexist and therefore give safe pathways whereby, you know, cars, you know, they're, they're obviously removing the, the railway crossing to have uh, safer routes for cyclists and pedestrians. Mm. And, and, and you know, there is a big project around Victoria whereby they are removing all of these level yeah, yeah. Uh, crossings, right? And Making sky and rails. I think, <laughs> and sky rails. And, 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 and like, like a perfect example is out. Um, sort of Carnegie area, Murrumbina, where my mate lives, and and the way they've just sort of changed that into a sky rail. Like mm. we saw that in England, we saw that in London, in, in near the overground. Where, mm. The the overground, right? Like that is very smart. I think pl- planning mm. in terms of like yeah, a population of Melbourne definitely they they they're tipping that uh, the population of Melbourne probably um surpass Sydney in the next 20 years you know like you know that's that's the kind of infrastructure that we need to think about um mm. whether that sort of stretches out to like the much uh the the fringe suburbs I don't know but perhaps yeah. you know there'll be little mini cities out in the fringe suburbs as yeah, well yeah even like box like, hill I think, is um, now a little bit of a mini city in a way even just their skyline yeah. it's kind of weird Melbourne's has such a skyline now, which is kind of like for better or worse. Our friend Anna mm. would argue for worse. <laughs> but Box Hill now mm, has mm, a skyline, which is kind of weird. It is really weird. I Googled yeah. Box Hill yesterday and I was just like, what the yeah, hell is there's going a lot on? Of, like, what yeah. is that little, what's that thing? Glen Waverley is the same. Yeah, Glen yeah, Waverley's true. The same. Yeah, yeah. You're getting like these mini skylines like outside of Melbourne. Yeah. Outside of Melbourne. So it's yeah. like. Has that happened in Sydney though, H? Like, has that always been the oh, case I don't in know. Sydney? <laughs> I've spent no, very little like, time in Sydney. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's um, it's quite interesting how that sort mm. of it's like mini cities outside of a, a major capital city. It's quite quite interesting. Yeah, and like, but perhaps there is potential for like cycling paths out that way as well, like Glen Waverley, Box Hill, yeah. these sort of areas whereby you can create bike paths there to make things uh, less congested with um, road traffic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> my friend has a sticker on his helmet. It's like one less car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like for every cyclist, there's less cars on the road. So then I had a, a, a couple of, <laughs> we went off on a tangent from my structured conversation, which is probably what a conversation actually is. But current bike, Eric, what are you, what are you riding? 
I'm writing a uh, a Geos, which is a Italian brand. It's it's just a, a steel frame bike. It's it's one of the entry level ones. You bought that in Singapore. Uh, I got it from. Yeah, I bought it in Singapore when I first mm. came. I got it for about seven hundred and seven hundred dollars actually. It, Singaporean it was, um, retailed at that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, Singaporean, which is about one to one with Australian dollars. Mm. Um, but it retails at about fifteen hundred brand new. So I got I got quite a good deal for it, and the um. Mm. The uncle who I bought it off, he he actually um. Wait, your uncle improved the, huh? You mean the uncle? Sorry, the uncle. Oh yeah, the middle age, middle age. Um, well, why is he an uncle? That I got it from. Oh, in Singapore we call them uncles and aunties. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's a polite way of saying middle aged man, middle aged lady. Yeah. I, hey, hey, uncle. Hey, hey, auntie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So I'm um, sorry. Uh, the uncle I bought it from. <laughs> I thought I thought you would get that reference age. No, I just I, never, I'm you, like you don't have any you family watch, in uh, Singapore. Agony uncles or agony, agony auntie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the um, uncle you bought yeah, it off. He gave off. me quite a good deal. He gave me a lift home. Put the bike in these. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He he likes sort of revamped it. He put a new group set on it. So the group sets the uh, the pedals and the gears combined. Mm. He upgraded that. So it was probably about. You know, sixteen fifty brand new, but I got it for about seven hundred, so it was quite yeah. a good deal. If you're looking at the um the middle to upper range of, of the same bikes, they're probably about two thousand, three thousand euros if yeah, you were right. to ship them from Italy. But the frame is not Did like a handmade it? steel, it's still like okay. No, no, no. This is still entry level, so it's still mm. like I think a lot of the um the big name Italian brands sort of still outsource their manufacturing of the entry level bikes in Taiwan. The the top of the range they, t- they tend to hand make them in um in Italy, mm-hmm. I guess for me like I don't have a lot of things that I really want like materialistic things in my life mm-hmm. that I I really really want. But if you had to ask me like what do I want one materialistic thing that I could buy, that would be a a handcrafted um, steel frame bike, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to pay. As I'm much willing as I to pay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, funny though, because you're right. That I like people pay thousands. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> people pay many thousands mm. of dollars for a car. So, like paying a few thousand on a bike, if it brings you joy and makes your that's commute it. better, Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Yeah. That's right. Um, then why not? And honestly, it's easy to justify. At least I justified my purchase pretty easily. You know, I spent $700, $800 on a Lekka bike. If I was spending $150 a month on public transport, it doesn't take long to pay that bike off. Correct. And yeah, there's like maintenance if your brake pads go and all you need to, you know, oil the chain. (laughs) Obviously, I don't know much about (laughs) maintaining a bike. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's not that expensive to maintain a bike. And it's very cost effective for uh, as a mode of transport, <laughs> and you get fit. It's good, and, and yeah, yeah. Mm. it's a it's a reason. It's um excuse to exercise. It's um mm. and and the thing is, it's the top of the range sort of brands as well. They don't depreciate very much. No, you realize that there's yeah, a market yeah. for for the top of the range bikes that just don't depreciate very much. Whereas if you get a car, it's going to depreciate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, standard 40, 50 grand car, it's going to depreciate. But uh, a good bike is not going to depreciate. So, from a mm. financial well. standpoint, yeah, if you maintain it well, absolutely. It, it makes sense. And um, anyway, that's that's my a goal of mine. Like, I, I, I'm a, you're right, I, I'm, a, like I'm, I'm bikes and, and watches, right? Mm. And if I had to get one thing, it'd definitely be bikes. Watches. And, you know, I could ask the same, I could ask the same for you. Like, would you rather an expensive bike or an expensive car? Oh, definitely bike. A lot of people would say, you'd say bike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this. I don't give a shit about my car. <laughs> books? Um, I just need it to, like, I've drive me top, places. I've seen the top of your car. Yeah. That, that, you, need a, you need a new paint job. That Ford it Focus. It is sunburned. <laughs> yeah, I reversed the other day sunburned. into a pole, which I'm really embarrassed because I haven't done that, like, ever in any car. Anyway, it's not too bad, and I don't but really you care. But you didn't care, right? Oh, no, you I didn't absolutely care, didn't right? care. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, as long as my car drives me places, like, that's fine. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite bike? 
in your um, lifetime? In my lifetime, I would have to say I'm a big fan of I'm a really big fan of the Willia. So Willia is an Italian brand. Hmm. Uh, Lagara Ramato. Oh, maybe so I that is a phrase this uh, question better. Is this a bike you've had? Steel frame bike. No, no, no. This is my dream oh, bike. This is your okay. I'll, I'll I'll ask two questions then. Your dream bike is okay. Okay, I thought that was what you were. No, asking. no, no, well, no, maybe no. I'm no. just too. I'm too like anchored onto like my dream bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no. Tell me about your dream bike. My dream bike it is is the is probably a Willia um, Lagara Romato. Yeah, mm. a Willia Romato. None of those words it's mean a, anything or, to me. Orange uh, steel frame. Orange and color. Classic orange that. Yeah, orange steel frame. It's like orange chrome almost. Google it. It's it's a very gorgeous looking bike. Probably set you back. Tell me it again. Fifteen k. Uh, Willia. So W I double L I E R. Uh, it's a. It's actually a Triestina Ramato. I'll send you a link right now. Hmm. What, what makes uh, it special? It's just the color. The color is very distinct. So it's a very mm. old sort of like um renowned sort of color. I think I've always been, I've always gravitated towards a steel frame. I don't know why. I guess it's the craftsmanship of, of the way they used to hand build those bikes. Yeah. Not like that anymore with the carbon bikes. They use um, sort of like print molds and things like that. But um, back then they used to always hand mold and hand make the steel and then put, put it all together and weld mm. it all together um, by hand. So that's like the craftsmanship so- you can never... Is this like a classic bike you'd like to own or is it one that they still produce that you'd like to buy? Um, Both. Own and buy, Like, Would you want to buy a brand new one or are you looking for a a second-hand one? I'm I'm, I'm happy with either. I could do brand new. I could do, yeah, or or I'd probably prefer a a second-hand one. I prefer someone that has looked after it really well and, Hmm. and has a bit of a history to it, why they bought it in the first place. I'm a I'm a real stickler for for history and and, mm. and the emotion behind a bike, as some people are with property. I'm 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 a real stickler for that when it comes to bicycles. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. It's, I think it's bloody awesome. But yeah, man, that's only that's one thing that I would um. Well, I don't. I would, I would love if I had the the money. I would. What are we talking about? That. Yeah. How much? So I'm having a look. I'm having a look online. That's about five six k. Jeez. Hmm. <laughs> Let me see if I can get it up for you. No, it's the bad. one that is selling in Singapore. I can't what? say I have a favorite. What about yourself, age? Like what? What sort of like made you want to ride a bit more? Has that always been something in terms of you know the community you lived in, or what? You know the the I guess you could say it's a it's a bit of a cultural thing as well. It's a cultural think, like, thing, yeah. Bicycle riding. Like when I grew up out east, I would ride my BMX bike down the Warburton Trail. And that was about it. Like BMX it was, Bandit. BMX Bandit. It was just yeah. like a form of exercise. Well, not even exercise. A form of activity slash play slash fun that I would do like on the weekend with my brother or with my cousin or with my dad. We would just go down a bike track, the Warburton Trail. And yeah. it was just a fun thing to do. Like it definitely wasn't a form of commute. Like I never considered it something that i would use to get from a to b it was something i just enjoyed Mm. like riding so then it wasn't until like i moved to thornbury in like 2015 which is kind of like outer in a north melbourne that i realized Mm. i can ride places (laughs) i can ride to the bar it was just (laughs) essentially it um is all i did at the time because i had still lived a little bit far away from work that it was a bit of an inconvenience and a bit difficult. And so it was just locally, mm. like I'd ride on weekends mm. to get to places or if I had a day off during the week, I would, you know, ride to a cafe or um, meet some friends at a bar. That was mainly why I was riding a bike to begin with. And then it wasn't until I moved to London in like 2017 that actually, no, I bought a bike in Bournemouth. I forgot about that. That was really cool. And when we first moved to England, we moved yeah, down that one. South Coast in Dorset yeah. and I bought a 20 pound bike from an op shop. <laughs> there was a few clinics I could ride it to, to get to work. And yeah, it was just such fun. And then like on the weekend I would go to the movies or like, you know, come meet you where you lived. 
And it was just a nice way to get around because actually we did have a car because I had to have a car for work. I didn't like using it. We um, both had cars. We both. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really didn't like using it. Do you remember that then. flashy bloody car I had? Do you remember the Audi TT that I had? That red, that yeah, red yeah, yeah. super, super roadster car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like an absolute baller. <laughs> yeah, I had a Yaris Sport. <laughs> yeah, you had a you had a basic Yaris. No, no, no. I had the like Sport model. Don't don't call it a basic Yaris. Yeah, so that and then <laughs> and then I bought a bike. Actually, I, then I bought a bike in Liverpool when I moved to Liverpool. I just like bought and sold bikes because mm. I think the first when we moved to Bournemouth, we like hired a bike for a month, and it was like forty Correct. pounds or something I for the that. month. And then I just and then I stayed there a bit longer than you, and so I'm like, well, I may as well just buy a bike for like thirty pounds, twenty pounds. I don't know what I paid. <laughs> worst comes to worst, I can just either give it back to an op shop or sell it for a minor profit or a minor loss, and it's still cheaper than hiring a bike. And so then that's what I did in yep. Liverpool. I just bought a cheap bike on whatever Gumtree, <laughs> um, like secondhand marketplace website I could <laughs> find, and then sold it when I left. And I sold it for cheaper because I couldn't really be bothered bartering for a good price. But in the end, it's cheaper than public transport and it was cheaper than hiring a bike. I don't know if that was even an option in Bournemouth anyway, but uh, sorry, in Liverpool. But those were the the places where I really used a bike to commute because especially Liverpool, I didn't have a car. So I was relying on buses, but then like I could go to the movies by myself or into town and it was just a lot easier to get around on. And then when I moved to London, that was the first like true place that I just used a bike to commute. I still caught the train to work because i was still a little bit far but on the weekends we'd catch up or we'd go meet some friends or go to the bar <laughs> it was mainly alcohol related trips with a bike but that was the first time i like had a, a bike to commute and i just fell in love with the the idea of bikes so that's probably like my favorite of my bikes that i've had was the fuji feather which was just yeah, a, yeah that the orange fuji feather yeah, the orange. Like a lovely orange color yeah yeah i even like yeah now i've just like associated bicycles with orange and so i have <laughs> uh, an orange bicycle now because of that so now i'm currently yeah riding a lecker in orange <laughs> and i love yeah, it yeah, i've seen that lecker it's quite nice as well mm. i mean well, yeah. look at the orange bike i've sent you that age look at that's huh. my dream bike too it's a it's that italian sort of uh ramata orange mm. ramata i think is it's orange and italian i think yeah right hold on um i sent two yeah i sent the frame and also sent the frame on its own to probably they're mm. selling one one guy jesus about 3500 just for the yeah. frame yeah yeah it's insane willia it's a it's a lovely looking bike so i mean i'm ignorant in terms of i guess it's craftsmanship but like how is this a three and a half thousand dollar frame and why is that so much better than my lecker which i spent seven hundred dollars on in total yeah i i think like when it comes to um the steel in in italy there's different levels of um the quality of steel as well and normally it's like it's like Columbus steel mm. and there's different levels of Columbus steel and how the, the metal is forged. Therefore it determines the strength of the metal as well. And in terms of like labor to forge the steel and everything and, and the strength of the steel as well, in terms of the properties of the material, mm. you could argue that yes, certain metals are stronger than others. So but to be fair though, it lasts longer and it's it'll last longer. The quality is a bit better. It's a bit more pure and the strength is is there, and you don't compromise on on the the lightness of the material. So, so it is a lot of these light. steel frame bikes that are, yeah, it's much lighter than your your regular sort of um chromo sort of um aluminium frames. Um, strength is probably I, I would not I like you know even like a, a, a entry bike. The strength is still mm. it's not like going to break a bike unless you're doing like crazy yeah. bunny hops off like a two story <laughs> building, which you probably die you yeah. probably die from. It, it is the the quality of the steel and the material properties yeah. and the the purity of the steel as well. Mm. Um, but like you know, I I don't know much about that, but that is what most craftsmen will probably talk to you about in terms of the way the 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 tempering of the steel, the heating mm. of the steel, and what temperatures the steel can take, and 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 then also the the quality of the finish. So if you look at the connection, oh, it looks nice. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. the quality of the finish and 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 a lot of the um the features that each brand or bicycle company sort of their their like main forte in design like that that's definitely something that is kind of mm. timeless with a lot of these brands. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like it's almost like you're looking at it a bit like art. Like what makes this piece of artwork better than that piece? Of I was artwork? actually just it's gonna like, say like cars. Yeah. Even it's like <laughs> cars. Even right. Yeah. Like how you can't just go down to the materials, right? It's got to be like yeah. it's like the the style and things like that. So what makes this? It's like whatever you value it at mm. at right. Yeah. And if if a majority of people value that highly, then you're gonna pay premium dollar for it, mm. aren't you? And it's like but, I, I mean um, I thought I knew what a light bike was. And I thought my bike was light. And then the other day I was in like the um, bicycle garage at work and I had to like mm. slightly move someone else's bike to fit mine in. And I picked it up <laughs> and far out, it was light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. It was that, so... That's what you know, right? Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of light, lighter bikes than yours that are yeah, very yeah. strong as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and yeah, it would have been strong, but it was just, it was, yeah, a noticeable difference. Um, yeah, yeah. between the two yeah my my i guess my old like one of the best trips that i i could possibly think of that i don't think i've ever done would be to like bring a bike that i that i that i absolutely adore and and mm. take it to like another country and then just do a tour of that country for like i don't know five six weeks and then stop by i i kind of tried to figure it out but I couldn't to go down like the Rhone from Switzerland through France Mm-mm. along the river. Yeah. That would be something I'd love to do on a bike. That would be sick right eh? oh, like, yeah. you, like, And you don't need like nice accommodation. I'm happy staying at like just like simple lodging, you know, I could even camp, but mm. like to do that every day and you don't have to clock like many Ks per day, but say no. you do 30 to 50 click or 30 to mm. 50 Ks a day. Sorry. Click is uh, another Singaporean term, click means kilometers, but let's say 30 to 50 kilometers a day, stop by a nice restaurant, Mm. have a a local beer, and then next day do the same thing. That's bloody unreal. I reckon that would be such a tremendous trip. We should plan it. We should plan it. (laughs) What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, We'll do this podcast on the road. Mm. I reckon that would be sick. Yeah. And I've also, like, looked at um, Japan and Taiwan because they've got really – bike-friendly tracks as well. And obviously, they've got a big um, sort of um, beer sort of culture there as well. And, like, to even do, like, Japan and, and Taiwan. And it was mm. unfortunate that we couldn't go to um, Okinawa, actually. Yeah. You know, prior to COVID, I know we, we, we decided on Okinawa. <laughs> Our trip got, got canned, yeah. but mm. Well, perhaps we should wrap it up then. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so. A good catch-up. A good catch-up. Good good chat. Chat. Yeah, good to chat. Yeah, man. Yeah, as always. What's our send-off? Well, this has been Beer And, and I'm Adrian, you're Eric. Today we've done beer and bicycles, right? Actually, we should we should check in at the end. Did you finish that beer? I finished it, and I'm feeling... Yeah, how are you feeling? Quite relaxed right now, so mm. I don't know. <laughs> I just think... Um, you still got yeah, dinner to go to? I still got dinner to go yeah, to. Yeah, good gonna, luck. Yeah, it's going to be a bit... Yeah, we'll see how, we, how mm. that's going to pan out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So next time we need to pick a beer. Any any thoughts? Um, we'll save porter for later. We don't want to go from stout porter. to porter. Mm. No, no, two dark beers in a row. Mm. I wouldn't mind doing a sour. Mm. I wouldn't mind doing a goze. We haven't done a goze yet. Well, first beer was a pale ale. Yeah, we went to the dark end. Maybe we'll do something in between. And topic ideas. We and look, these are all subject to change. We talked about. So I guess the idea of this podcast is to keep it fairly broad. I have a lot of interest in movies, music, and video games, but I don't want to stick to just them. And Eric, can you summarize your interest in three words? Uh, bike, coffee, and shit. I don't know the third one. Soccer. <laughs> Soccer. I'm a very basic bloke. Anyway, um, we'll probably cover a lot of those topics in, in future discussions, but... I think next time we were talking about covering a book of some sort and we both, Mm. you introduced me to this author, Murakami. I did, I did. We could focus on one book, but I think we'll probably just end up talking about his stuff in general. So let's not restrict it too much. And again, like our discussions of 
um, beer. We are not experts in literature either. So it will very much <laughs> be just from an appreciation point of view. So but, let's but, see hey, how it goes. For our listeners, like, like our interests can hopefully open them up to like, you know, them wanting to maybe, you know, maybe oh, yeah, we'll spark yeah, yeah. some interest in them and hopefully they can start getting into um, these sort of um, interests of ours and, hmm. and, and maybe they'll enjoy it as much as we do. And um, yeah, it, it's brought, it, I mean, Murakami, for example, has brought us both a lot of joy. And yeah. I think, um, I mean, we have a lot to, to share about him and, and the way he writes. Hmm. Um, He's yeah. definitely an interesting, oh, we shouldn't talk too much about it. Before we yeah, actually yeah, get yeah. into it, but it's it's like he's an author that that sparks conversation wherever you go. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it might be a good one to chat, and we'll formulate some better <laughs> discussion points <laughs> before next time. We've well, got a bit of reading to do then, H. Eh? Just mm. really yeah, I'll have to touch up. All right, Eric. Well, good chat. Yep. Nice to catch Likewise, up, mate. Yeah, have a good um, Sunday evening. Rest oh. well. Have a good week. Get your, get your guitar. We need to do some outro music. All right. Mm. Um, Let's see what we can do. So Same this one. has been Beer and I'm Adrian. And who are you? I'm Eric. Mm, nice. And we'll, we'll catch you next time. Play us out, Eric. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Blah 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 bl